Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of the interview with Chris Johnson. If you listened to part one of this incredible interview with KJ, feel free to fast forward to the eight minute and 40 second mark of the podcast. If you have not listened to part one and you're only listening to part two right now, then feel free to listen to the next roughly eight minutes and 50 seconds of the podcast, which includes the introduction of Chris Johnson right here in the Sports Deli. Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli. The Sports Deli is sponsored by SportRx. SportRx is the leader in sports prescription eyewear. You can find them online at sportrx.com. And don't forget to enter the code DELI10 at checkout for your special 10% discount. We also want to give props to PSK Collective. Be inspired in PSK, where their clothing promotes inclusivity, empowerment, and equality by supporting female athletes through the Women's Sports Foundation. You can find them online at pskcollective.com or at walmart.com. We also want to thank citylokes.com, where you can get your own personalized hats and phone cases, tees, accessories, and much, much more. I ordered two hats, and they're amazing. Uh, one of them says the Sports Deli, and it has a California license plate, and the other one has a Michigan license plate and says, Speak Up and Dribble, Black Lives Matter. So check them out at citylokes.com, and don't forget to enter the code the Sports Deli at checkout for your special 10% discount. And we're so excited to finally be supporting Moolah Kicks. They're dropping in May of 2021. They are the first female-only brand basketball shoe, and you can find them online at Moolah, Moolah is M-O-O-L-A-H, Kicks, like shoes, K-I-C-K-S, plural, moolahkicks.com again much thanks to natty white the founder of moolah kicks you can always send us an email to thesportsdeli at gmail.com and you can also dm us on instagram at mike hootner or on twitter at michael hootner a little bit about hootie hoot i coached college basketball for 23 years 15 on the men's side and eight on the women and I now coach at a low-income, first-generation high school girls basketball here in San Diego. I played four years of college basketball. I'm a life coach. I have a beautiful daughter. I'm a professional basketball skills trainer. We love to share space with our guests here in the Sports Deli to talk about the intersection between race and sports, mental health and sports, equality, empowerment, empathy, leadership, education, sports, and solutions. We talk a lot about white privilege. We want to help mobilize, listen, learn, and pay it forward. Remember, your voice matters when fighting systemic racism. Read a book, acknowledge your white privilege, watch a movie about institutional racism, call your local or state representatives, and or have a conversation with someone that doesn't look like you. We have to change the economic, educational, police, housing, prison and voting suppression narratives that currently need to be changed in this country and the only way to do that is to listen and learn and then help be a part of the mobilization and change that we want to see we're so honored that you're joining us today and we hope that you can grab your favorite deli sandwich or bagel and your favorite beverage 
and let's do this together in the sports deli. We are joined today on this 20th day of National Alcohol, Fresh Celery, Humor, and Cannabis Awareness Month by Chris John Johnson, who was the Los Angeles Times' 1993 Player of the Year, who later went on to star at UCLA, where he won a national championship as a freshman for the 1995 UCLA Bruins. He went from Montclair Prep, a mostly white school, to Crenshaw at the suggestion of his father, where he played with some amazing players like our most recent guest on the show, former NBA champion Tremaine Folks. While at Crenshaw, after transferring from Montclair Prep, KJ averaged nearly a double-double going for nearly 23 points and nine rebounds a game. It was one of the toughest players to defend, especially when he backed his way towards the basket and attempting to box him out was nearly impossible. Johnson was named the City 4A and the Times' Central City Player of the Year. His last second shot he made to beat Modern Day in the 1993 State Southern California Regionals was one of the most epic and clutch shots in scholastic state history. Baron Davis, former Bruin and NBA star and friend of KJ, listed KJ as the fourth best player ever to come out of Los Angeles behind Tremaine Folks, Shea Cotton, and Miles Simon. High praise from Barron. He later teamed up at UCLA with Toby Bailey from Los Angeles' Loyola High School. His father, Marcus Johnson, also played at UCLA and won a national title like Chris, playing alongside Bill Walton and later starred in the NBA as a five-time All-Star. His dad also made the phrase, yeah, baby, famous the, the radio broadcaster during his son's national championship run. Chris and his dad were the only father and son combo to be named LA City Player of the Year 20 years apart at the same high school, Crenshaw High, and the first ever father-son combo to win a national collegiate championship at the same school at UCLA. Sadly, his dad robbed a liquor store and got out-hustled on the basketball court when Chris was younger, but fortunately it was only a movie as he starred as Raymond Dickens in the famous movie, White Men Can't Jump. He didn't beat his dad in one-on-one -on -one until he was a sophomore at UCLA. And when he was a kid, he was in the Milwaukee Bucks locker room where his dad Marcus played and Hall of Fame coach Don Nelson once told him that he was dribbling too much and glared at him. The Bucks retired his dad's number eight jersey in 2019. And when Michael Jordan was filming Space Jam, he would have pickup basketball games with a number of Chris's fellow teammates from the 1995 UCLA National Championship team. And Chris was always MJ's number one pick. He also gave Chris a pair of his actual shoes, but what Chris loved most was that he realized MJ was just like him in terms of competition and trash talking. This was especially mind blowing for Chris as he worshiped MJ growing up as he had a poster on his wall at UCLA. He played overseas, including Russia, Turkey, Qatar, Lebanon, and China when the Iraq war was going on, as well as in the Continental Basketball Association for the Quad City Thunder and Sioux Falls Sky Force, where he played with Fav Five, Jimmy King, and many others. His brothers and sisters were very accomplished athletes. He loves to work out and talk shit while he's working out. He is the host of KJ Live, which has become one of the more polarizing live broadcasts on Instagram with his authentic, wide-ranging interviews and contagious laugh. He loves to experiment with different backgrounds on his show. He's done some work for Fox Sports as a studio analyst. He starred on a reality show. 
He's a dad and his son, Will, plays basketball for the Oregon Ducks. And he shares a birthday with current Memphis coach Penny Hardaway, Wendy Williams, Ben Diesel, and Nelson Mandela. You can find him online on Instagram at Chris Johnson Live, on Twitter at Point Forward Pro, and on YouTube, just search for Chris Johnson Live, where on his KJ Live broadcast has brought us some of the most unbelievable guests. Man, a huge national championship. Warm welcome to the Sports Deli, bro. Thank you. That was a, a nice intro. Where do, I, where do I send the check? Repping UCLA, baby. KJ live in the house. What's up, Doc? What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> Dude, I got a man. I, I had I had totally our yo. <laughs> you multitasking like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You're straight, man. It's really important to me um, to talk about and promote. Um, this narrative to, to bridge the gap between black and white America. And so, you know, you have, you realize now that the connections that you made at UCLA um, and Jelani's talked about this and Ray has talked about this, even though that wasn't necessarily their first choice, maybe now looking back on it, uh, they wouldn't have it any other way. And so we're, we're between clubhouse and the racial reckoning and collaborating and, um, you know, your UCLA brothers, you know, the black dollar is seeing a shift um, on many levels, especially with tech and entertainment. And so I, I want to ask you about that because it's, it's not only fascinating to me, but I know how important it is for blacks to be investing in black neighborhoods for black owned businesses, whether it's master P or anybody else that's, um, trying to change this ridiculous narrative and, and for the arrogance of white people to tell African-Americans in the black and brown communities about themselves when they're the ones that are living it and they know exactly what's gone on and what's going on now is one of the most infuriating parts of this journey for me as I've tried to reinvent myself as, as a host to try and educate and help mobilize and pay it forward. So, you know, when you see Baron doing the things he's doing, when you're doing the things you're doing on your show, not only how does it make you feel, but 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 how important is that, especially in the in the areas of tech and um, and media, to for people to see th that uh, the black and brown community is is here to stay. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's really important. I think that the way things are and the way things have been have gone on in this country in our in our society our culture for so long there's really no like you know it's like it's never going to be a thing that's anything's going to ever change like overnight so like you, you say the racial reckoning and you know we're already hearing people talk about fatigue black lives matters being under scrutiny and they're already you know trying to drill holes into that organization and the founders are buying houses and this and that. So now you have the media that's going to be flipping and turning things. And this thing just happened. This thing just happened in 2020. Yeah. And now people are already jumping off the train. 
So you, you put up some signs and you put some stuff on the floor yeah. and some people boycott a couple of games and, hey, you've done it. That's all we need to do. That apologizes for everything. That's my problem with the situation. Yeah. You got to be in it for the long haul. You got to be in it for the long, the big picture play. It's got to be something that is a way of life. It can't be an initiative right. or a campaign no more. And that's something that I've been hearing a lot of people talk about. It's not about initiatives and campaigns. You got to change the culture and you're not going to be able to change the culture uh in this country in my opinion uh you're not going to be able to change the culture unless there's no unless you're not going to be able to do it i just don't think and we can disagree on it but i just don't think that this country will ever change i just don't think it. i think it will always be this way um we can say you know you saw like look we everybody said there will never be a black president we have a black president and what happens when we have the black president? Rick, what happened out of that? Did anything really change for you? Did any did the country somehow just turn around? Oh, we've we've got a black president, so now black people. No, it was symbolic. Just, just, it was just some. It was more symbolic because the policies didn't really help the black and brown community. Right. And Kamala's a symbol also now. And and usually we don't uh, judge things until later. Yeah. Um, you know, but, in, in but, a historical but, sense. Yeah, yeah. But so let's take let's take everything that we haven't judged till later. Let's take everything that we've ever done and say, okay, this administration, this every four years, bam, 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 bam. What has ever changed as far as like true change? We've made small incremental gains, okay, from the civil rights era to today. But you still have the same issues that are going on in the black community and disproportionately affecting Blacks, like systemic racism, police brutality, healthcare is now this huge thing, education, the ability to choose schools and based on where you live and neighborhoods yeah. and resources allocated. So like, for me, when we had Obama as the president, I was kind of hoping that some of those items would have been addressed. I was hoping that maybe somehow we can direct it. Because when Trump was president, he started making moves to do things that help the people he wanted to help. So that told me, and regardless of how we, how anybody thought about it, he went and took care of his folks and did what he had to do. Yep. Obama, and I'm not here to knock Obama. I'm just keeping it real. Yep. It's like, it's like, how come the schools are in the same situation? How come healthcare, yep. although Obamacare did help, it did help, but how come we are still dealing with, uh, this we saw it with COVID, man. Look at the COVID data. Look at the yeah. COVID data. Look and see what it looked like, <laughs> and see who's affected the most by COVID. And so this, so my thing with change and oh, we we wait until you know four years. We're gonna look look at it until after this situation. I, I've lost hope in that type of optimism. To be so honest. so Jelani and Barron and and others who are trying to make inroads, not just for their own companies. But you don't think we're going to have more uh, black and brown um, owners in sports? You don't think we're going to have more black and brown entertainers? You don't think you've had interviews with some of these people in Hollywood and some of the people at the top of their their respective sports and, you know, owners and your dad. And so you don't you don't think we're going to we're going to bridge that gap? Uh When you say bridge that gap, I mean, okay, so listen, you have the Bill Russell rule in college with some of the conferences now, right, which requires uh, specific things to happen during interviews and certain people to come in during interviews. Yeah, but we had the Rooney rule. We had the Rooney. I know, rule but it was flawed. But, 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 but regardless, of it's, it's a starting point. It's not a start. See, you can't. We're not happy with this starting point 
bullshit. So what's the solution? Uh, it's 2021. You need to give something to the people that have been disproportionately affected. It ain't no starting point. This whole idea of starting point shit, it's 2021. We just starting this shit again? You, you, so we're going to have a starting point in 2021? We ha It hasn't enough been done, enough people been affected to not to push the ball forward past the damn starting point? Oh, it is. Are, are you guys serious right now? See, this is the problem. Are you seriously asking me that question? It's a starting point in 2021. You're telling me I should be thankful that we got a starting point in 2021? 2021, mm -hmm. sir? Nobody said you should be thankful. I'm asking if that was a starting point so There's that we no can have more. Point. So There's, we need, there, needs to, the be, Chris, there needs to be revolutionary type movements. So are you talking made. about reparations? There needs to be revolutionary type movements being made. How else are you gonna get catch anyone up? So what are you supposed to do? So, so what are we supposed to do? How do you, how do you, how do you validate it? How do you say that this well, is I, fair? How do you say it's fair? How do you say it's fair? Well, it's not fair. I believe in reparations, first of all. But what I'm asking is, how do we get to a point where we change the white person's views? Because this is a white problem. This is a this is a white issue that white white people empower. Ninety percent of companies, Congress, judicial, sports, entertainers is run by white people, and and. Uh, I didn't think it was going to go in this direction, but but it's important because people are listening and they they understand how why a level uh, ten issue can be discussed like you and I are talking about, and it starts off as a two and it immediately goes to a ten because it's the, the absurdity of it all when you when you talk about what you're just sharing with everybody about your frustrations and your and your hostility and anger. It's it's uh, completely understandable. And I'm on your side. I agree with you. But but you can't skip to level 10 when you're at level. Why two. not? Why uh, not? Well, because because, because what, America... we, we've never seen reparations before. No, we have seen reparations. So, so then what are you talking about? So what are you talking about? We can't skip. They've skipped before. So why can't you skip for us? We can. But how is it? How are we going to do reparations? Is it land? Has there, has there been reparations before? How did they do it before? To what groups of people? And why can't black people get that? I'm asking you as the guy that knows about reparations. Jews and Asians got reparations. So why can't you do that for blacks? You can, but the people- but why hasn't got, it been done? Because- Well, Gavin Newsom, to his credit, I don't know what that bill ended up eventually happening, but they introduced the bill for reparations. I'm not sitting here on this reparations hill, but I'm talking about, you can't sit here and tell me that other groups of people receive reparations and somehow blacks aren't deserving of those reparations? Absolutely are. So that's my, that's when you hear my angst in my voice, when you yeah. hear me going at level 10, this isn't anger and hostility. This is pissed off about that situation that that uh, that just how can you talk? How do people talk like that about the African-American community who has been intertwined with white people since America was built? How do you talk about black people in that vein? And you gave other groups of people reparations for things that you felt that were done to them that was unfair, that was heinous, that was completely wrong. So apparently you're when people start talking levels and the retribution for black people, it somehow always gets into, well, well, we can't, well, I'm just trying to figure out the, the logic behind it when other groups of people have gotten reparations. That's all I'm trying to have someone explain to me. Why can't black people be considered in the same vein? Is it because know. it was war? It was because it was because of because of it was a different type of 
atrocity. I mean, to me, atrocities are atrocities. Think yeah. about think about what's happened to black people in this country, and black people are still cool with white people. Black people, by and large, are still cool with white people. We did. If you saw Black Lives Matter go down, and everything that went down last time, you didn't. Well, you saw you saw your little pockets of stuff. You, I, it was interesting, and that's something. I mean, I don't really want to talk about this, but it was very interesting to see the Black Lives Matter thing go down last year because I happened to be. Uh, walk, I actually stopped. I was driving through Palos Verdes. I was driving by Trump's uh, his golf course, and they were protesting there. And so I saw like this whole group of Black Lives Matters folks, and you know I didn't see a lot of black people. I saw I saw a lot of white people, and I'm not knocking it at all. But when I got out and I walked around and tried to, you know, because I've been in protests before. I was in Lebanon when a million people marched to the center of Beirut, Martyr Square, to protest Syrian occupation in Lebanon. So I I do know about protesting and I've been in these settings and no one, there was no camaraderie. No one said a word to me. And I was just kind of like, this is, this is a trip. This is a protest. But anyway, I don't know where I was going with this. I want to get back to the reparations part of things. I'm not trying to sit here, uh, who and say ask for handouts that's not that's not what i'm saying that's not where my angst is 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 rooted in it's rooted in this idea that somehow black people don't deserve reparations but other groups of people deserve reparations for the atrocities committed upon them that's that's where my number one well i'm going on record and saying it's absolutely deserving 100 and i've been saying it from day one even though a lot of people have said no and whether that's land whether that is uh, a 401k so that when uh, the next generation's 18, that they have the option to use it for a small business or a house or education, that they now have six figures of money. Like I'm, I'm 100% in favor of it, but, but you're getting pushback because you know we just handed out how many trillions of dollars? Like that would have solved the generational uh, wealth gap in, in a month if you had done that in some way, whether it's land or a combination of land and 401k money or whatever, whatever it is. Because I've listened to a lot of people on Clubhouse and that's not the only platform, but I've tried to do a lot of listening and learning. And I don't go up on the stage rarely ever, but most people in the black and brown community, among other things, have said land is the one thing that they wish they had. Well, it's because if you think about the land play from back in the day, when blacks couldn't own land, when the government gave out all those subsidies or whatever to all the people. And then you're able to refi your crib. So now you can, you got, you got cheese to send people to college. And so it creates this whole little thing that black people were left out of. Yeah. So it's like, it's like you say land. So, okay, let's talk about land. So the U S government, they own a lot of land around the globe, right? In America, they own a lot of stuff. They own a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I don't know if it's, giving people land. I, I mean, it's got to be something though. You can't just keep doing this. Well, look, I'm, I'm Jewish, right? So I'm in my third generation of wealth. Right. So my great, my grandparents had nothing, yeah. but then they worked their way because of various reasons. So they got money. My mom's got money now because she was yeah. able to have an education and all that. And now, yeah. and now I'm going to have generational wealth. So we're in the third generation. My daughter's fourth. You know, and so African-Americans are still, for the most part, have more opportunities on some level, but there's no generational wealth and the educational curriculum and gaps there is, is a discussion, you know, obviously for a whole nother day, because what's being taught is not what really happened in history and accessibility is a whole nother issue also uh, that we've talked about on the show, which is, uh, it's a political issue that shouldn't be politicized. <laughs> 
but but it's like when we talk about change and moving and how do things get better like like if I, I, I just don't think it, 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 if we didn't, if things didn't get better for black people when we had a black president, what makes you think they're going to ever get better for black people under anybody? The only thing that I'll say, Chris, and then we'll get to the rabbit fire because then I gotta go, is that I've seen more involvement from the white community and yeah. I've seen more policy changes in a short period of time, whether it's police reform or yeah. Uh, other small things that, that have to do with policy changes than I've ever seen in such a short period of time. And so I'm, I'm guarded, but I'm hopeful on some level. And I, and I hope, I hope like, I'm right. I'd like to be hopeful too, but every day you turn on the news or TV and you see in some more BS happening, it just takes away the hope, but I, mm. I, I'm hopeful too. I'm hopeful too. Trust me. I don't want to sit here and be, you know, thinking negative and I, I try to have a positive attitude about everything, but it's like, you know, it, it, even with the new president, I mean, like, man, like, what's like, uh, it's not a lot is changing. Sure, there are some things, but there was a lot of gas that was being spewed during the campaign. And now there's a lot of backtracking. There's a lot of keeping up with Trump policy that is going on, immigration specifically. There's just yeah. stuff going on. There's just stuff yeah. going on that you just kind of like, it it, 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 like erodes your faith in things. How do you maintain this strong sense of hope that the American people and everything Obama used to say, the American people, the strength of the American people, and we believe in the American people, but it's like, what's up? When is it going to be something that's really going to make a difference? No, no, you're right though, who about the, the policy changes in a small amount of time and the last 18 months to two years, I'd say, as far as I've seen a, a, a very big difference in white people and white folks and just the way, they, their, their willingness to speak out on things. And I think that's the number one thing that white people can do is to speak your truth. If you think it's wrong, speak out on it, talk about it because it means the world. Doug Williams said that, that you could go in a locker room when he was on this show and you could mm -hmm. talk about winning and losing. But if you got a white guy that goes to bat and advocates for an African-American in the locker room or in life, there is absolutely nothing comparable to it. There isn't, sir. All right, let's get to the this or that. Uh, did you ever have the uh, talk with your son when he was growing up? Uh, my, was brother, just... my brother asked me a question like that the other day. One of the questions that he asked me was, what song do you think your parents were, were having sex to when they conceived? I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the? Like, I say, what the? Like, are you, first of all, why are you doing that to me at this moment? I'm on TV. Like, you're making me think about this. In, like, uh, no, um, no. Did I have, did I have the talk? Did I have the talk with my son? Uh, I kind of did. I kind of. He was, you know, he's not going to want, I shouldn't, I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but he was a good boy. Just put it like this, Mike. He was a good boy. Uh, he's, he's, he was a good boy for a long time. <laughs> so, so you didn't beat your dad until you were a sophomore at UCLA. When has your son, has Will ever beat you in one-on-one? -on -one? Well, I didn't play him that much. <laughs> we, uh, nah, we, cause you know, it's, it, it would have been an issue. Uh, he, it, it just, I didn't play him that much, but I, I'll say he probably could have got me, um, Probably by his junior year in college, he probably would have beat me, but I never did play him. What is his, whose game does his game resemble? Um, like, that's a good question. I don't really, he's, he's like super skilled, shifty. Johnson? There's not, there's not a lot of guys with uh, 
Uh, I, I'd have to think about it, honestly. Yeah. I, never, I never think about him in terms of, I always tried to, to show him lefties growing up. So everybody from, you know, your, your Ginobili to your wow. Ben Exel to Anthony Peeler to, you know, videos of Damon Stoudemire, Bino Udry, um, wow. uh, Pepe Sanchez, these type yeah. of guys. I mean, you just lefty. I just wanted him just to pick up lefty, Rick Brunson, just pick up lefty shit, lefty Ooh. stuff. Ricky and, Brunson. Yeah. yeah. And what, and however that turns out, you know, we're going to live with it. And, you know, the playing wise. So, yeah. So, yeah. No, I, to answer your question, no, I, I didn't. Really <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, so, fixing his headphones, folks. Sorry. With his, with his lovely background there in Los Angeles. Uh, we PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, gamer. I, I play on my phone. I have a, oh. I have, I have NBA live on my phone. I have mm -hmm. a, um, Interesting. Uh, another game, uh, like a Grand Theft Auto type game. I love GTA type stuff. Uh, and then I have a golf game and it's, wow. and a word golf. Do you actually golf? No, no. I, I, I wow. golf, I golf back in the day. Uh, my mm -hmm. dad, I used to go on like these little par, what are they called? Par threes, those little short courses. Executive course. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. So I used to do that with my dad before school and my player prep. Wow. But I golf once in Qatar, and uh, I haven't been golfing since. <laughs> Qatar. So uh, your favorite guy was Anthony Bourdain, right? About food. Yeah, he's one of. Yeah, he's up there. He's so, up there. so him or the Qatar, the food guy. <laughs> uh, I don't want to. I don't want to diss Jay. I, I, know, I know Jay. Anthony. Anthony though is the legend. Is a legend in the game. Right. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, I, I spent many an hour watching just completely you know just dove in locked in to everything he's talking about because his stuff was more about it wasn't so much about the food the food was almost an afterthought yeah to the anthony burdain experience and so that's why i really i really love him i'm going with burdain though sorry so Jay. yeah it's all good uh, i'm sure he'll understand so uh, do you think lebron's gonna be okay in space jam 2 uh so space jam 2 or 1 I didn't even watch Space Jam one. I'll be honest. Wow. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even watch it. I'm not gonna watch Space Jam two. I'm not. I'm not watching that stuff. That those type of movies just. I'm just not. I have no interest in seeing them. I watch the highlights, the clips. You know, screen grab some images, but I'm not really into to watching. Uh, I didn't watch Space Jam one even with Mike, and I love Mike, but I, I'm not. I'm not into those type of movies. So I know you told me that you're just uh, you love doing what you're doing, but you're not necessarily looking for people just because of their name recognition or anything like that but but who who are you looking forward to interviewing up coming up um or that you're attempting to get or something like that you know that you're just you know it could be like i have wally green coming on he's from new york he's a, a, a table tennis united states representative he was in gangs uh, a brother who went to germany learn and I'm, I, I'm i'm his story is fascinating like it doesn't have to be Obama, you know what I'm saying? Like Steph Curry had on his IG live or whatever, but yeah. No, but those, but those are the guys that, I, that when you ask me who I want to interview, I want to yeah. interview, I want to interview Obama. I want to grill Obama. I want to interview LeBron. I, no, here's my three. I want to interview Magic, Jordan, and Obama. Those are my three. And then I, I want to go T.O., Vic, uh, Michael Vic. Um, and then like, you know, maybe like Ray Lewis or somebody, mm. um, uh, I got some guy. I got I got some hitters coming on. I got a big time hitter coming on tomorrow. I'm not going to tell you who, but it's going to be all right. It's going to be you know probably one, of, be, one of my bigger I'll, ones. One of my bigger I'll ones today. That's one of my so, bigger I'm, ones today. And, I'm excited. Uh, and um, 
And so, yeah, but I'm not going to do, I don't, so the thing, I don't do the lives no more. I only do, um, I, I just do straight up like, uh, like these Zooms or I do a mm-hmm. Zen, Zencaster. I just record yeah, the, yeah. the audio file. I don't do lives no more just, just cause I'm, I'm moving to a bigger network and I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some stuff going on. So that's good. That UCLA connection. Okay. So, uh, who's been your favorite interview so far? Um, great question. Favorite interview. <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed Christine Simmons, uh, the CEO mm-hmm. of the Academy. Yeah, um, she, she was, was great. She was great. She's uh, very, very good. Um, I enjoyed Earl Watson, one of my mm-hmm. first interviews. Um, obviously, talking to my dad is always just great. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Germond is is up there for me, UCLA athletic director. Uh, yeah. He he gave it. He it was really just awesome how I got very him. transparent. Very transparent, but but also um, I, I haven't posted it, and I, I you know I don't know if you'll ever post it, but you'll be able to hear the podcast. But Andy Fee, the athletic director at uh, University Cal State University Long Beach, wow, he was an awesome interview. Wow, He's, oh man, I'm telling you, you, I think you you'll enjoy listening to this guy talk for f- almost 55 minutes. Um, he he touches on some really good things. He's not afraid to speak his mind about you know his students uh, student athletes activity on wow. social media supporting black hmm. lives matter he talked about some can't told me some candid stories about you know getting into it with different donors because of because of the athletic department's support of black lives matter people were pulling funding i mean he gets into it uh so he's Man. he's what he he definitely was an enlightening interview wow um i just made my list out today too but um oh i enjoyed um jada williams the uh five star yeah. the point guard going yeah. to uh She's uh, you know, just that younger generation, Peyton Watson, Jaime, Jaime Jaquez, and oh yeah, Jersey Wolfenbarger. So all those were, were real fun to me. But I mean, I like my boy Steve Lab. I mean, I can't pick one, <laughs> man. You're you gonna get me in trouble, man. So Jelani wait. McCoy, Jelani yeah, McCoy Jelani was, was great. masterful. It was a two-parter. Yeah, yeah and saw, we yeah. touched on a lot of stuff too. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Okay, so speaking of Lab, Bill Walton or Lab as an announcer? Lab all day. <laughs> Lab all day. You gotta understand. I'm biased against Lab. I like that stuff. Lab be talking. See, I like all that stuff he does. I'm enamored by it. So I'm one of his biggest fans. Had you know, had the opportunity to to stay with him when he was the head coach of St. John's, and so we spent a lot of time together in New York. And so that's my guy. And you know, we we did a lot of talking, and so we shared a lot. So I know how he thinks, and I know what's behind a lot of that stuff. And so I'm I'm plugged into that type of energy. I'm I'm a Lab guy. Yeah, me too. So best conversations are in a locker room or a barbershop? Oh, the locker room. No question. <laughs> well, the locker room, because there's different parts of the locker room where you can go off and kind of, you know, whisper yeah. about certain things. And so, yeah, and some of the real goods go down in the locker room. Then there's the shower and, you know, different <laughs> conversations are going on in the shower versus outside of the oh, <laughs> Hey, people, hey, it used to be some stuff going down. I mean, it would be some stuff going down, some, a conversation in the shower that would directly affect a conversation going on in the other room. And then when the worlds collided, it was an ugly scene. Uh, but yeah, so I'll, I'll say uh, the locker room for sure. Waffles, French toast, or pancakes? Uh, pancakes. Should the NBA logo keep Jerry, should the NBA keep Jerry West as the logo or should they switch it? <sighs> Because he's done uh, a lot. He's done a lot as a player and as an exec, right? So, but even though nobody really knows who he is. Yeah, I, you know, it's just a question of, are you going to, you know, 
adhere to the traditions and this and that and you know are you going to evolve at just all? answer the question christian uh, it's a question of <laughs> it's, no it's really a question of all that i, I think yeah. kobe i think kobe should be the logo to be really honest. i think not kobe mj i think kobe should be the logo wow. um because he died in passing it's a big deal wow. when someone of that stature passes i think that's a good way to honor his memory for an eternity for eternity Interesting. Uh, Adidas top tens, Converse all stars, or Air Force ones. No. I don't. I don't really. You ain't rocking any of them. Uh no. It's 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 uh, Jack. Uh, Jack. Uh, Chuck Taylor's. Chuck Taylor's. Is that what yeah. is that what you just said? Converse. Yeah. yeah Chuck, Chuck Taylor's. Taylor's. Chuck Taylor's all day. Candy or popcorn at the movies? Oh, popcorn. Popcorn. With butter. Pop- heavy, half and With half. Butter? Yeah, take the half out, <laughs> put the butter, then put the other half in and put more butter. Now give me some salt and then call it a day. <laughs> Magic, Steph Curry, or Steve Nash? Magic. Snoop Dogg or Jay-Z? <laughs> Snoop. <laughs> Big Daddy Kane, Public Enemy, LL, or Run DMC? Uh, no, it's got to be LL. Really? Wow. LL. Killer. Mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice or Beastie Boys or Eminem? Oh, Eminem, please. Okay, Vanilla Ice or Beastie Boys? Which one of those two? Beastie Boys. Look, you're, you're talking about a guy that isn't a real musician versus two legitimate... Uh, <laughs> Vanilla Ice, Ice Baby. <laughs> it's like Millie Vanilli. <laughs> right. Tupac, Drake, or Kanye? Drake, all day. Hmm. I'm a Drake fan. Drake is a fan. Uh, would you rather cuddle with a baby panda or a penguin? Neither. <laughs> i'd rather right. cuddle with a koala bear yeah there you go okay so things that make you go hmm inspired by arsenio later cnc music factory why aren't toilets equipped with foot flushing mechanisms instead of a handle to flush they are in uh, europe in some places in europe <laughs> they <fuck>. are. <laughs> god damn it why isn't there mouse flavored cat food there isn't there's not one product on the market that flavor so. oh that's weird do cats actually eat mice <laughs> uh okay so which is the better mama joke your mom is so fat she had to iron her pants in the driveway or your mom is so dumb i told her it was chilly outside and she went inside and got a spoon <laughs> this is the chili <laughs> joke <laughs> <laughs> all in the family or sanford and son Sanford's son, no doubt. Hmm. Tiger Woods or Kobe? <sighs> mm. Wow. Uh, Tigers. Uh, see, I have run. See, I have run-ins with both. I, I won't get into my Tiger story, but he used to come Ooh. down to L.A. while at Stanford limo and come party with us, and then take all of our chicks like Kobe did. Uh, so, but you won't tell the story. <laughs> I'm not going to tell it. But uh, <laughs> I'm going Kobe. Yeah, I'm going Kobe. That would be in alignment with the logo. Uh, Chris Paul or Isaiah Thomas? <laughs> Jesus. That's a tough one. You're the first person I've asked that one. I just saw no, highlights. I, I saw highlights of Zeke this morning. I got to go Zeke. I, well, well, here's why. You know, Zeke, the 25 against the Lakers on the, on the hurt ankle, Ooh. and he's got two championships in the toughest, one of the toughest eras of basketball. Yeah. I'm going with Zeke. Right. Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, or Kevin Hart? Oh, yeah, that's um, – see, I'm not a big Dave Chappelle guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think he's hilarious. 
And I'm not a Kevin Hart or Chris Rock guy. I'm Richard Pryor. That's where it starts and stops. All right. Well, that was my next one. Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor. So I, I, I go rich. I go rich over <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Sue Bird, Maya Moore, or Diana Taurasi? Taurasi, get out of oh, here. God, Please. Diana so- Taurasi? <laughs> <laughs> Maya's tough. She's different Di- position. But Diana but- Taurasi. I mean, right. she got no one with the package I've ever seen that Diana Taurasi has. As far as yeah, no, she's amazing. Spike Lee or Denzel? Denzel. Wow. Yeah, Denzel. That's my dude. Denzel. Walter Payton or Jim Brown? Jim Brown. Jerry Rice or Randy Moss? Moss. <laughs> Tom Brady or Joe Montana? Tom Brady, dog. Well, I wish he'd be more uh, vocal about certain issues. Uh, well, this- Tom, I, well, look, I don't do that with my athletes. Uh, I don't do that. Like, you know, I don't. don't. Remember, Mike? Remember, because remember, Mike, Republicans buy shoes too. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Ugh, so frustrating. Invisible, fly, or super strength? Fuck, what is that? What are we talking about? You know, like the Hulk. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, invisible. Come on. <laughs> really? Wow. Well, you, you know, nobody you gonna see. You can dip <laughs> in and dip out. You dip it in and you dip it out, baby. <laughs> Bucket hat or baggy clothes? Oh, bucket, bucket. Yeah. Monster truck or dog show? Monster truck. No, no, I won't lie. Dog show, dog show. (laughs) Who comes to mind when you hear mentally tough? (sighs) Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, Kobe. Courageous. Pat Tillman. Wow. Interesting. I actually sent a message to his uh, wife, but I never got a response. I, I would love to hear. People don't know his story now, and they if you could get her on, I think that would be phenomenal yeah. to tell his story. Um, Michael Jackson or Prince? Uh, you know, this, uh, <laughs> see, see <laughs> what, what's happened is lately you can't say you like certain guys <laughs> You know, it's the cancel culture. So I they're both know, but, dead. But the, but you know how it goes, because Mike and you know what what all that happened and all that. But yeah. I, I'm a Michael Jackson fan. I love Prince, but I, I, Michael Jackson is one of the greatest ever like performers and singers. All right, a couple more. Uh, favorite Yiddish word, right? Because I'm Jewish, so I got to throw that in there. Alter uh, alter cocker, mashugana, or tuchus. Tuchus. <laughs> Kiss my tuchus. All right. <laughs> what about schmutz or schmuck? Schmuck. Schmuck. I like, yeah. I like schmuck. All right. Uh, red hot chili peppers or boys to men? Oh, please. Red hot chili peppers. Yeah, I know. That was recently, that was just a dead giveaway. Charles please. Barkley or the mailman? Barkley. Mailman uh, gets no play around here. Yeah. Should Zion be a point guard, a small forward, or a wing? Great question. I was just talking about his passing ability today. Um, stay at the. Did you say power forward? Either forward position. Wing. Yeah, stay at the big forward. Stay at really? The big forward. Just be a mismatch your whole life. Why? He's Unless not a mismatch you, at the point. I, I just don't think scoring he can handle, point. I don't think he can handle. He's not going to be able to handle it like that. You know, against these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be tough. Favorite favorite song at a family picnic. 
It's a family affair. <laughs> uh, board games or puzzles? Oh, board games. All right. And before we leave the floor for you, anything else? Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years. Uh, I see myself in, on the island of Oahu, um, <laughs> owning some oceanfront property, chilling, um, just making just making my money work, man. I hope to be like have a bunch of just like stuff that's just, you know, keeping me paid on a daily and a monthly mm-hmm. basis. And I want to be there chilling and watching my kids just grow and achieve their dreams and support them as much as I can in everything they do. Uh, that's where I see myself in five years. Well, um, like I said, I was looking forward to this. Uh, like I said, as much as any of the interviews and, um, you know, you got a lot of things you could be doing right now. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of things that are important to you, uh, that are important to us on this show and, and, uh, uh, mad love and, and, uh, big ups, mad props for what you're doing and evolving and, and, uh, you know, just trying to, uh, understand that the some of the parts are greater than the parts themselves even now later in life so uh so appreciate you coming on man no thank you for having me man this was it's been a pleasure all right let's stay in touch for sure and and i can't wait to hear uh what tomorrow's all about yeah it's gonna be on all right all right peace out brother much love man later all right all right peace bro later can't thank chris johnson enough for joining us here in the sports deli former national champion at UCLA in 1995. Uh, Just an honor to share space with him. Remember, your voice matters when fighting systemic racism. Read a book, acknowledge your white privilege, watch a movie about institutional racism, call your local or state representatives, and or have a conversation with someone that doesn't look like you. We have to change the economic, educational, police, housing, prison, and voting suppression narratives that currently need to be changed in this country and the only way to do that is to listen and learn and then help be a part of the mobilization and change that we want to see remember you can always send us an email to thesportsdeli at gmail.com until next time please mask up still remember black lives matter peace